Today, we will be interviewing Miss Joanne Loban all the way out in Weston, Florida. She is my former kindergarten teacher, so that makes me her former student. 20 years later, we are now making this podcast. How inspirational is that? Maybe one day you will be doing a podcast with your former student, client, etc. But for now, let's get going with Miss Joanne. You are now watching Whole Creations. Here we go. Here we go. My goodness. How are you, Miss Joanne? I'm good, thanks. I'm doing great. Good. So you're no longer Mrs. Lo you're not no longer Miss Lobin. You're now Mrs. Stone. Mrs. Stone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I How got married. <laughs> you got married. How fabulous is that? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, definitely a blessing. He's a wonderful guy and he's really you know, made my life much better and helped with the twins. And it's been a blessing. I yeah. bet. I bet. That's amazing. So for those of you who do not know, I've known Mrs. Miss, Mrs. Stone. I'm just going to call you Miss Loban. I've known Miss Loban since I was five years old. Um, and I was living in Western Florida and I was going to this school and, um, Miss Loban changed my life by just being there um, and showing care. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. You were a pleasure. Your whole family. When I first met you, your family, well, your, your, you yourself were, I have countless stories of you in my memory, but your entire family, your grandmother, your mom, your sister, all of you were like life changing to me. As much as I changed your life, you guys changed mine too. Um, so you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> you make me cry every day when I see your posts and your videos. You're an inspiration. I still tell parents about you to this day, and I, I've on several occasions opened your Facebook and showed them videos and to inspire them and keep them, you know, let them have faith and believe and know that it's possible that their kids can achieve. So. You yourself, as much as you think you're a blessing, you you continue to inspire others. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I will. I will. From the bottom of my heart, all glory goes to God. But I'm really thankful that He used uh, all of us to just be a blessing to each other. Uh, then, definitely. So, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, let me go ahead and go with the questions I have. Miss, Mrs. Stone, how did you get into the field of working with kids with autism? It's a, a funny story. Uh, I actually, before I, when I was in, first started college, I used to be a day kid, a teacher at a preschool. And there was a little boy in a class next, that was in a room next to me. And he was, had a lot of behavior issues. And so his teacher would always send him into my room because for some reason I had the ability to calm him down and make him focus. And, you know, so one day his mom came up to me because she, she'd always, when she came to pick him up, she'd always find him in my room. And she came to me and she said, you know, you are just such a nice person and so sweet and so patient. Have you ever thought about working with kids with special needs? And she said, I'm a psychologist at the Dan Marino Center 
And I were looking for people that we can train with your personality. And I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And she said, how about I give you, I'll pay you like under the table because they were training. Like it was something back in the day, I was out of high school. And she said, I'll pay you $20 an hour and you just come and train. And if you like it, you stay. And if you don't, and within the next month or two, I went. And I changed my degree to special education and I never looked back. And that was, oh my gosh, almost 30 years ago now. Wow. So she's the one that opened the door for me. And now, you know, like you say, God used her as a vessel to open the door for me, to let me introduce me into this world of special needs. And I can never look back. It's mm-hmm. been such Oh, so enlightening, such a blessing. I've touched so many lives and they've touched my life and yeah. can't imagine doing anything else until the day I die. Mm. One memory that I, I still remember to this day when I was like six or seven years old, you probably don't remember this, but I was like, you were, you came over to my house to tutor me. Yeah. And I was misbehaving hardcore. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I was misbehaving hardcore, and I'm like, ah, bah, 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 bah. and then you, with your calm voice, you said, "Ryan, I'm right here, and I I will listen to you once you are ready." Oh, really? Yeah, you said in that calm, soothing voice, a little stern, but in a good yeah. way. Yeah, and it helped me. T- <laughs> to just be quiet and, uh, uh, a few seconds later I, I think i did start talking to you in a civil yeah. manner yeah. but um you do have that gift like that lady shared with you so uh thank you thank you for sharing that story with me because i don't remember that at all either really? <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. yeah i still remember it to this day and like i was you were a handful back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel like, in a way, like working with these kids now um, that I work with at my, at my job, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see the stuff that you, mom, uh, everyone had to go through. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. I, and though I don't <laughs> believe in karma and all that stuff, I do believe in sowing and reaping. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff I'm seeing now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's... Uh, it's been amazing though. It's been an amazing journey. Yeah, yeah. It's def it's like definitely eye-opening to be in that situation and come around to deal with it and see it from the other side, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like you, you you have tw- you have twins and mm. you've had to raise them. And so the stuff that you've saw maybe your mom go through raising you, now yeah. that with your children, you're like, oh mom, I'm done. <laughs> Oh, I see why she won't let me do what didn't let me do so and so and why she was always overprotective. Yep, definitely. So that's encouragement to any new parents out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It gets better. I, I, any you have any parents out there? Because I started, I've worked with all ages from as young, the youngest child I've worked it that was diagnosed was 12 months. And I've worked with kids through 20s. Well, I think the oldest child I've worked with, well, young adult I've worked with right now is about 24, 25. Mm. And so I've worked with 
the whole, you know, age range. And some parents are in tears and besides themselves when they get the diagnosis and the kids are just misbehaving. I said, if you're consistent and you persevere, it will get better. Just be consistent and, you know, it will get there. You just have to, can't look at right now, think long-term. I always tell them, think long-term. If you don't want them to get away with this, now it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to, they're not always going to be little and able to manage. So you have to think long-term or whatever you want these behaviors to, you know, diminish and you want them to be active members of society and meet to their full potential, be consistent. No, that's very true. Like with my students, there's a thing called respecting autonomy in the ABA world where in a way, it's just another way of saying you want to encourage independence from Mm -hmm. the thing is you want to make sure that you're leaving your, your student at a better place than when you first found them. And so uh, that's the belief that I'm, I've been trying to hang on to with any student that I work with. It's like, okay, I found you like this and I'm not trying to treat you like a project or anything, but I found you like this and you can apply this to any relationship. You want want to leave it on a better note than when you first came into that place. And it's, it's different scenarios for everything, but um, because some people you may not have that peace with because of certain situations, but working with your student, you want to make sure you found, you want to, leave them better than when you found them so uh, yeah definitely it's always it's always important to to feel like you're a stepping stone and i always feel like i am just a stepping stone to in a you know a big stairwell mm-hmm. and and no, where I come in, if I get them when they're babies i'm at the beginning if they're adolescents i'm in the middle you know, even if they're young adults, I'm still not all the way there. We just have to give them the tools that they need to keep climbing and keep achieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What encouragement would you want to give to any parents out there right now? Um, you know what? I just want to tell them that it will get better. It will get better. As every step, every stage, whether the kids have special needs or you're typically developing, there's always a stage that you that you that you can say it's gonna get better. They're not gonna go to middle school with a pacifier, or they're not going to, you know, go to high school still carrying a blanket or still, you know, carrying their logo or whatever it is, whatever behavior, still dropping on the floor, still biting. If you're consistent and we stick to it. It's there, you know, there are brighter days to come. You just have to be patient and know that these kids' minds um, process a little bit different than, you know, than yours do. And you have to just go, you know, do what you, as, as their mom, I always tell all my parents, you're your, the children's first advocate. You're their biggest voice. And if you know that something isn't right, you feel in your heart something isn't right, or you know something that has to change, or you just go with it. Be their voice. Speak up for them. Always that you know. Always be there to support them. And whatever you feel you need to do, and you feel you need to do for your child, you do it. And you keep knocking on doors. Keep asking. Keep re, um, 
as a word, like researching right. until you find out what you need, you know? Yeah. Um, keep going until you find out what you need and what's going to be best. Mm. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing because um, I've, I've met students that are 21 and they still have like some things that are of baby use. Um, mm -hmm. This is not to hurt any parents out there. It's just, oh, no. It's it's just we we all desire for our children to experience some sort of freedom, mm -hmm. and I don't believe that it, it that we're meant to baby them, but to promote independence in a way. Of course. That's why I say even from little stages when they're three and four and you're trying to potty train and parents are like, oh, it's fine. I don't mind changing them. I'm like, it's it's easy to change a four-year-old. It's not easy to change a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old or, you know, so it's hard and you have to put in a lot of work, but you need to do it from now because whatever you do now, you're consistent and you use the right, you know, strategies, the right tools, the right reinforcement. It will happen, you know. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, um, I read a um, an article that in 2023, so in two years from now, over I don't know if it's 500,000 or or it could could have been a million. I'm not sure. More than 500,000 people on the spectrum are going to age out of this thing in, in America, in America, yeah. age mm -hmm. out of these services that they may get right now. Mm -hmm. and so people are wondering what does the future hold? And, yeah. and so we're doing all that we, I, I pray we're doing all that we can. For I know. And, uh, yeah. That's the scary part is when you get out of this school system, you hit 21 and parents are like, what do we do now? You know, what do we do now? And it's a hard, it's, you know, because you've had that cushion from their three. You've had that cushion that, you know, someone to fall back on, someone to ask questions to, someone to lean on that you can trust with your child. They have this safe haven of seven and a half hours of where to go. And 21, it's just like, all right, good luck, Godspeed kind of thing, you know? And it's scary in in any world, you know. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Um, that's why I I um started in my own company, and it, I it's called What Comes Next mm. because that's what parents from the from kids are diagnosed. You get the diagnosis, and then parents say, "Okay, what's next? What do I do?" And I just want to be, you know, in for whatever I know on birth to elementary, middle. And then I want to be able to have people that I can put parents in contact with that can say, okay, these are, these are the services that are still available. Mm -hmm. Here are day programs. Here are work programs. Here's, um, you know, respite care that can come in and help you. There's, there are options, but so, so many times parents have to dig to find out the simple things. And it's, it shouldn't be like that, you know? It shouldn't be so hard to to know where to go. 
that would be my uh, that would be if I could change one thing. You asked me if I could change one thing. It would be that there was a just like how there's a blueprint to put together a desk. I want there to be a blueprint for parents with kids with special needs. Right. When they open, you know, you get the diagnosis, and it's not like a oh no, I'm sorry. It's welcome to the world of special needs. You're gonna meet some wonderful people. You're going to meet some passionate people. You're going to meet, you know, people that are there to change your life right. and your child's life. And, you know, it's going to be hard, but it's a blessing, you know, right. and embrace it. And here's the tool of what, here's the tools to help you get where you need to be. Right, right. Yeah. There's, I believe wholeheartedly that each person, because we're all made in God's image and God is a God of uh, of overcoming anything who mm. overcomes all things. And so there's that mentality in each of us, whether we're believers or non-believers that want to overcome challenges, no matter mm. how big the blockage is. And the thing is in Christ, we find that mentality even more and more to push past the, the impossible blockages that are out there. And um, so that's, it's truly my desire, my prayer that Jesus would do something greater in the special needs community that mm. it would just draw all people to him. And mm. it sounds uh. impossible right now, but mm -hmm. you, you all always encouraged me growing up that I'd never stop believing for greater, Ryan, and mm. the mentality I'm hanging on to. Yeah, and you continue to. You have, you like I said, you don't know how much you have impacted people that have worked with you as much as they've impacted you through the years you have impacted them too you know like even little things that that you i dealt with from when you were little <laughs> that i implement with another student that you know you know it worked then and okay so it worked and you know it gave the it, whether it was with you or with your mom to give them the the comfort or the help that she needed or the words of encouragement or to hold her hand through a difficult situation, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's very impactful. And I also believe that God puts these certain angels in your path that, you know, that are, gonna, that are there just to say, I'm here with you and mm. I just want to be here to help you in any way I can. Exactly. So... So what keeps you going in your job? Uh, what keeps me going? The desire to touch as many lives as I can before I leave this earth. Okay. I want to be able to, you know, it's so funny because Facebook is a wonderful thing because sometimes, you know, no one I, I am, you know, I know you're, listeners know this but i was i had a stroke um about five years ago and when i had a stroke and you know uh, they put it on facebook and oh my gosh the parents that came out of the woodwork and the things that they would write on a, on facebook and i was in a bad place i wasn't able to walk i was barely able to remember things i wasn't able to move my right side and but all these stories would come up. Miss Loban did this. Miss Loban's the first person that taught me this. Miss Loban's the one this did. Oh my gosh, and the stories never stopped. And that's what got me up and it kept me going and said, you know what? 
Joanne, you're here. God gave you this, you know, this happened for a reason. Mm. And you just pray and you work hard and you keep growing. And I honestly believe if it wasn't for those stories that were coming and the things that, that were kept memories and their parents that got me to get up and keep moving and do what I had to do because I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready to stop. I'm not ready to leave this earth. I'm not ready to give up. I'm here to touch more lives. I'm here to be a vessel to, you know, yeah. to continue to make these parents and these kids' lives better in any way I can. And that's what, that's what keeps me going. I just know that something so simple, something that is simple to me can make such a great difference in a, in a parent's life or so a child's life. Oof, wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's really beautiful. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You were, uh, you've been there for so many people. And I, right now I'm just thinking about grandma. Oh, um, God, that woman is a, what, an angel. I loved her so much. I still do. <laughs> no, she... She exemplified exemplified Christ-like qualities. Um, people mm -hmm. always say like, uh, oh, like te teach your children to read the Bible and do all these things, but, but they lacked example. But for me, mm -hmm. the best Bible that I read was grandma. Mm -hmm. And I saw those Christ-like qualities through her, her life. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred an amazing amazing anybody that had the pleasure of meeting that woman oh my gosh you're gonna make me cry because oh oh my gosh she even to this day every time i think about her she warms my heart you know and gives me the most amazing memories and like you said patient kind empathetic um everything it's just like you she gives you like you said a role model of what you want to become and keep going moving towards mm -hmm. exactly so one um, another thing that i realized um was you you were there the night where she passed away mm -hmm. you may not have been there in the scene but like you were there for, for oh yeah and, Stayed in that hallway until he took her last breath. And uh, one of the saddest days of my life thus far. Mm. But I feel best to be able to have known her and, you know, and we'll see her again one day. Yeah. It's going to be mm. 10 years um, this coming May. No way, really? Whoever knew 10 years later we'd be making this right now. I know. <laughs> so as we look in the past, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years from now? Um, especially mm. the fact with your, with your company, congrats, by the way, I didn't, I didn't know that about your company. Thank you. I just want to be, what I, my goal is for the next five to 10 years, I'd like to have some kind of communication with all pediatricians 
and developmental centers, especially pediatricians, because what I've seen throughout the years, not all, but there are a lot of parents that I've spoken to that they said to the pediatrician, I just feel something's not right. And the pe pediatricians just say, oh, they'll be fine. Give it time or, you know, talk to me again in another year or try the, you know, just kind of brush, the, brush them off, pacify them and keep going. I want to be, and I, I want me and my company and whoever works with me to be able to be, uh, form a communication where the, if the pair, if the um, doctors or parents feel that there's any kind of delays or any kind of red flags for autism, that they would say, speak to this com speak to this lady, this company, and they'll head you and teach, you know, point you in the right direction, mm. you know, and so I can give them like a set of visuals and um, some strategies to work with and get them in touch with early steps and to point them in the right direction, you know, so that parents aren't waiting a year or two when they know something was wrong from the beginning or, you know, they did something wasn't wrong something they didn't feel was right from the beginning mm. instead of being pacified that's what i'd like to do i'd like to be able to um touch lives that way you know where i can feel that parent because so many times parents feel that they're they're not being heard you mm. know mm. gotcha how do you balance giving parents hope and setting realistic expectations so Sometimes for me, I like to set the bar high and, and I know I'm not going to be able to do it for them by having yeah. high hopes and high dreams for the kids I work with. And I know some parents out there, maybe not all, but some yeah. parents have these big dreams and goals for their kids. Um, some, I'm like, well, you don't need to do all that, but. It's an amazing question. You know, I'm going to personalize it a little bit first. Okay. And this is how I, when I had the stroke and I went into physical therapy, I could, like I said, I couldn't move my whole entire right side of my body. And I walked to physical therapy and the physical therapist said, okay, what's your goal? You're going to be here for three weeks. What is your goal when you leave here? And I said, I want to drive. And he looked at me and he said, how about being able to stand up? Mm -hmm. And I went, and I was, I was, Lot, I was in tears and I went back to my room and I said to my husband, I hate that man. He's I'm, I'm telling him I want to drive and he's telling me I should just work on standing up and being able to sit on a wheelchair by myself. He's not, he, what he doesn't think I can do it. And, and Glenn said, Joanne, that's my husband. He said, Joanne, long, short term for long term baby steps and that has stuck with me and I think that you know it's really opened my eyes to the question that you said yeah. how do we give parents hope and you know without saying with realistic expectations and that's what I'm doing I that's what how I do it let's think of okay you want them to be able to be doing third grade math unless they can identify the numbers yeah. you can't do that if you want them to be able to go into a gen ed class in kindergarten, if they can't sit still right now and attend and follow a one-step direction, then we can't get to that point. Mm. 
Right. So I think what I try to do is like to make them think, right, think in the here and now. I understand what you want. I understand that's the ultimate goal, but we have to, there are many steps to get there before we can get there. Mm -hmm. And even if I know the kids are the most complex kids with the most severe behaviors, it always starts at the beginning. If they're biting and kicking and screaming every time you ask them to do something and the next time they only bite and kick and the next time they only kick, then we're making progress. Let's just, you know, baby steps to get to where we need to get to. Yeah. So I try not just tell parents that, or not. I don't try, I never tell a parent that what they want is impossible mm. because I'm not God. I don't know what's possible, right. you know. I'm not gone, but like I said, it's it's going to take steps to get to where you want to be. So let's just see where we are now and go step by step, you know? And I, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out before uh, we go. So Thank you. Right. Okay. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Mrs. Loban's life. Um, thank you for the joy that she is to my life and those around her. Um, bless her marriage, bless every area of her life as she keeps you first. And I thank you that Jesus, you are the solution to everything. Um, these kids weren't kids, teenagers, adults are not disabled. They're just challenged. They're just mm -hmm. challenged. You are the solution to everything that we're going through. You are the solution to every situation that we go through here on this earth. And so, Father, I thank you for using us as vessels. You are the solution. In Christ's name I pray, amen. 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 I love you, Ryan. Love you too, friend. <laughs> you will always be a big part of my heart. And anything I can do for you ever, please reach out for, to me. All right. Sounds good.